Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Ike to Gone. What's up, everybody? Ike Feldman here from IkeTheGone.com. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, not no Snapchat, no Tinder, no Bumble, no Tumble. Uh, yeah, at I, excuse me. <laughs> Peanut butter, apples, and coffee is delicious, but sometimes it can make a little, uh, little reaction in yeah esophagus. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Iketagon, I K E T A G O N. Not going to be talking about much fighting today. I'll, I'll do uh, uh, the, the highlights of the week. We'll get into later in the week when we have some MMA-specific guests join the show. But today we'll do a little touch on the MMA topics. But I'm more excited to talk about food and life with friends and former colleagues with Michael Biseglia. He has the awesome, 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 and it's blowing up. Just had on Dean Blandino. If you don't know Dean Blandino, you're not a huge sports fan. So Google Dean Blandino. Dean Blandino was on with Mike Delivers Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Hosted by Mike Biseglia from his wife's Rap 4, which he crashed, which we'll get into more in the interview. But it's an amazing time and catching up with a friend and former colleague and Mike Biseglia now he's doing his own project and fully expressing himself and showing his talents and why he should be doing a food podcast on a bigger platform because the dude is uber talented see what I did there well he works for Uber Eats so the joke is uber talented you get it and we're also being joined by the third wheel, no, that that doesn't sound good. The third leg, no, sometimes if you have three legs, that could be really good or that could be really bad. Billy Jockalone on Twitter, I think he's on Instagram as well, at Billy Jock, G-I-A-C. Billy's the man, he is a splash or a huge dose, double dose of positivity and a ray of sunlight. We don't even get to see Billy's face and he makes Mike's and Ike stay way better, so that will be coming up in a few minutes, I'm going to have to go on a few tangents and rants, but check the time marks in the description if you want to just skip forward to hear me with Mike and Billy talking about food, life, and I don't know, I think that covers everything, That's that's all you need, food, life, Sometimes sports, but I promise the guys because we just sports are around us 24 hours a day at our job. That doesn't make sense. Uh, eight hours a day at our job or former job, and this is a breath of fresh air, fresh ska. Yeah, trying to make a food reference there, but MMA, real quick. Ariel and DC talked about this extensively on their podcast for ESPN MMA. The round table, the jigsaw puzzle, as Ariel Hawani puts it, with the 155-pound division at the top and the 170-pound division at the top, 
You have Conor McGregor who can just ruin everybody's day or make everybody's day a lot better because of the paycheck that ensues when you get a Conor McGregor fight. So at 155 pounds, let's look at the landscape. Khabib Nurmagomedov is stuck in Russia, so he was unable to defend his 155-pound lightweight title against Tony Ferguson at UFC 249 on May 9th. Instead, the UFC filled in an opponent for Tony Ferguson, which was Justin Gaethje, who has been on a three-fight win streak. Now it's four-fight win streak after the win over Tony Ferguson. So the unbelievable clash of styles of Tony Ferguson and Khabib Nurmagomedov was foiled because Khabib and Corona are just... Stuck in the middle of everybody's lives right now. Khabib's stuck in Moscow. Corona's stuck in big social cities. And unfortunately, the Tony Ferguson and Khabib Nurmagomedov match may never happen ever, ever, ever again. It was scheduled five freaking times and it still never came to fruition. But moving forward, Justin Gaethje is the man. He is the interim lightweight belt holder. 155 pounds with that amazing performance at UFC 249 on May 9th. Now looking forward, when does Gaethje return? He's talked trash about Conor. He says he doesn't want to fight him. But if they offered him, I'm sure Justin Gaethje would oblige. Take the fight, take the payday, and change his family's future. That's how much money comes with the Conor McGregor fight. But McGregor's looking to fight in July. He said this back at his November Russia press conference when he was out there being a salesman, but also breaking news for everybody. He said he wanted to fight three times in 2020, make it a season for him. He obviously fought at UFC 246 in January against Cowboy Cerrone, dismantled, demolished Cowboy in 40 seconds, rolled on unscathed, 170 pounds, looking great, looking schvelt, and he is looking for his next opponent, which a lot of people, myself included, didn't think it would be a title fight, did not think it would be a title fight at freaking all, because he was calling for Khabib Nurmagomedov at that press conference, if you remember, he said he wants to fight three times, he would fight January, fight Cowboy, he was interested in that BMF title, which was fought between Nate Diaz and Jorge Masvidal, we'll get into Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz in a second, but McGregor, he put it out there that he was looking to put his bid in for that BMF title, and Jorge Masvidal is the holder of the BMF title, so McGregor versus Masvidal is an amazing match, except Masvidal's not only looking for a payday, he's looking for the respect and the accolades. And that would be winning UFC gold. Jorge Masvidal had an amazing 2019. Knocked out Darren Till in London on the road. Holy goodness. In the post-fight press conference, he put hands on Leon Edwards, who was trying to say something uh, in passing. And Masvidal, who is a literal street fighter, he fought under the Kimbo Slice cards in the streets, he didn't take well to it and chased down Leon Edwards and started to put some hands on him, 
And then fast forward to July, UFC 239 against Ben Askren. Jorge Masvidal knocks out Ben Askren, the fastest knockout in UFC history, that flying knee, which everybody knows now. You don't have to be an MMA or a combat sports fan, but you know the fight. And then fast forward even further to UFC 244 against Nate Diaz at Madison Square Garden for the BMF title being handed out by The Rock, Wayne Johnson. He stops Nate Diaz. Obviously, there's some controversy with the doctor stoppage. Nate Diaz, as Nate Diaz always does, fully confident in his ability and saying that he was going to come on later in that fight if it wasn't stopped by the doctors. New York State Athletic Commission and Combat Sports has had a very wishy-washy relationship since it's been legal since UFC 205 since November of 2016, the Conor McGregor versus Eddie Alvarez fight. But my point is that Jorge Masvidal was holding all the chips. He's popular. He has a fake title. He beat Nate Diaz. He beat Ben Askren. He ruined Ben Askren's record. He put a big halt to Darren Till's hype train, made him go up a weight division. Jorge Masvidal was, is holding all the chips, and it's really interesting to see what he's going to do next. And I'm going to get into that in a later episode, an Iktagon episode later this week. I really want to uh, dive deep into that and talk about the, the the carousel that is the 155-pound division and the 175-pound division because Justin Gaethje has said that he will fight and wait for Khabib. Doesn't care about Connor or the payday, just wants to be a title holder, which is respectable. And July is a two-month turnaround from his last fight, so it makes total sense for Gaethje and Khabib for, to wait for each other for September or an October fight. There's your headline. There's your UFC fight. Make it in Moscow. Make it in Abu Dhabi. Make it in Vegas, which Khabib said he'll never fight again, but we'll pay attention to that. That's a huge payday. At 175 pounds, excuse me, 170 pounds, McGregor, it's whatever he wants to do, basically. What should happen is Jorge Masvidal fighting for the 170-pound title against Kamaru Usman, who just beat Colby Covington at UFC 245 back in December. And this would be culmination of a superstar getting his chance for UFC gold and to really be, a, to quote Daniel Cormier, a global superstar. And I agree with that. If Jorge Masvidal, who's extremely popular, extremely well-spoken, good-looking dude, Fights extremely well. If he became a UFC champion, he's probably passing Israel Adesanya for worldwide popularity. And he's approaching the Conor McGregor popularity. He could go for a Canelo Alvarez fight if he beats Kamaru Usman and Conor McGregor. The world is his. The question is, what fight does he want next? And what is he looking for? And how much does he want to get paid? Because that might be the issue. McGregor comes with the payday, Usman comes with the gold, he's got to make up his mind to see which he really wants more, the gold or the payday. For Justin Gaethje, it seems like he wants the gold. He, he probably understands that a very hefty payday will come with being a UFC champion and defeating Khabib Nurmagomedov, so he's just zeroing in. I don't like that Jorge Masvidal is trying to do a two-for-one special, he's trying to get the gold. But he wants to fight McGregor. It seems like his focus is up in the air a little. 
I'm sure once he has an opponent and a contract signed and he's locked down and the goal is there, he's at a point in his career, I think he's 34, 35 years old, that he can uh, he can zero in on his opponent. But he's mentioned now three opponents. Kamaru Usman was the original one. Conor McGregor was the hopeful one. Nate Diaz is the possible one. He says, let's run back the, the Nate Diaz fight. There was some controversy for that. It also would be a huge payday and that could sell well. And that he, it's a common opponent, and he already beat him, so I'm sure he's going to go into that extra confident, uber confident. A lot's going to unfold. I believe in the next two weeks, they got to start to book that July 11th card, which it's either going to be the Conor McGregor card, or it's going to be the Jorge Masvidal card, or it's going to be both, and it's going to be an epic fight at 170. But the wrench in this is Conor McGregor, like I said a few minutes ago. Does Conor McGregor want Jorge Masvidal, the uber, super uber duber payday of the, the street fighter, this guy who's rose to the top and is the, the hot hand right now in the UFC, or does Conor McGregor want to fight for UFC gold and potentially be the first ever three division UFC champion? 145 pounds, he beat Jose Aldo at UFC 194. 155 pounds, he beat Eddie Alvarez, UFC 205. Does he beat Kamaru Usman at 175 pounds? Excuse me, why do I keep saying 175? At 170 pounds, UFC 251. Does it happen? We'll see. I'll give more predictions and get more in depth in, in, depth in that, uh, that take and that, uh, that topic later in the week. I'll, uh, I'll figure out a nice roundtable of uh, MMA guests. And uh, I'll figure out why my voice is cracking. But before I get to my lovely friends, former colleagues, and talented podcast hosts, yes, believe it. Well, Billy's not a podcast host yet. He's a super smart and intelligent Nets expert or Netspert. He contributes often to Evan Roberts' philosophies on the Nets and NBA philosophies and basketball in general, Billy is a modest, humble, cool cat that sits in the wings and just studies people and is just extremely wise, super intelligent, uber intelligent, and whenever he speaks, you should listen, he's a humble guy, he's got a lot to say if you really want to hear it, but if you don't, Billy won't push his words on you, he's just super cool guy. And Mike Biseglia from the Mike Delivers Pod. Mike's getting a little bouge now. He's blowing up. You know, his articles are being quoted in uh, Toronto and Canada and uh, England and Yahoo Sports because of his recent interview with Dean Blandino. And we'll get into that more. Mike's a fabulous guy. I, I joke about him being bougie. And uh, eh, we'll see. We'll see if he responds to the text in the future once this show is just ginormous. But. Mike's the man, and we'll talk to them in a couple minutes, but I wanted to uh, talk to you guys, the Octagon audience, and my friends and family who tune into this. I don't think I've said this on the air or on a roll or on a recording episode, but I'm a huge believer that the duties of oneself is to better themselves than the last generation. Think about that for a second. 
the duties of oneself is to better themselves than the last generation and on so and on forth. I think that's how it goes. My father, an immigrant to this country, an Israeli native, came to this country in the 80s. I think he's extremely smart. I think he's well-spoken. I think he's a cool guy. I think he's adapted to the culture fantastically while keeping his Israeli sternness and strength and wits about him. He's an electrician. He is a supervising electrician. He is a owner of a electrical company. He is a widely successful company in the New York and Long Island area. He's the most talented and hardest working electrician I've ever seen. And he has a passion for what he does. And he's extremely talented at what he does. And it shows in his work and the way he carries himself and how much he commits and devotes to a job or a blueprint or a phone call or a su supply house run. Everything he does is just full commitment. He loves his job. And it's not work for him. It's work for me and my brother whenever we do work for him. It's more than work. I feel like the, the Egyptians with the pyramids sometimes. I'm just kidding, Abba. I'm just kidding. Have a sense of humor. Okay, I'm just kidding. But he paid the path easier for me. His sacrifice, his labor with his own two hands, literally, made it easier for me and my brother to go to college be the party guys, be in the scene, play college sports, work at CBS radio. Everything my father did made it easier for me. And my dreams are more obtainable. Say my father wanted to be a movie star and he came to this country and he's an electrician. I'm sure he wouldn't be happy and he would lament every day and work and express his stresses and not fully be happy in what he does, but thank God he likes being an electrician and he really commits to every day of work and every day of life. He has a, a smile on his face. But say he didn't achieve his dream. Would he still work as hard to provide an easier future for his young and his offspring and his kids? I'm sure he would. Thank God he found his passion, which is electrical work. And he made the path a lot easier for me. And I was able to obtain my career. If I was in his position, I probably wouldn't be happy being an electrician. I love radio and podcasts and the, the theater of the mind with audio. Obviously, we're doing video because we got to keep up with the fad. It makes me comb my hair and throw some water on my face before I do this instead of just rolling into a studio with a sweatshirt and just no shave and pimples all over. So <laughs> my point is I'm allowed to be free and loose in this medium because my father made the path easier. And I'm a big believer in each generation making their life a life goal to make the next generation easier and progress more than they did and reach a higher level of success. 
the back of my mind, you know, uh, yeah, sure, it'd be cool to be a professional athlete and travel and play sports in front of a huge audience. And But my generation, me, I'm not ready for that. I'm very content and satisfied with where I am and excited to do what I'm doing. Yeah, I still participate in martial arts competitions and physical competitions as much as I can. But if my son or daughter wanted to be a professional athlete, the road will be paved a lot easier. Not only because I'll tell them to avoid stupid and annoying media members and how to answer their questions, but I will have more advice for them. I can relate more to the problems and the issues they might feel. And maybe I'm not explaining this well. Again, I'm probably going on a huge long tangent. But listen to somebody who probably can explain this well, who's a lot more seasoned, who's a lot more experienced, who's seen a lot more things. Kevin Hart joined the Joe Rogan Experience. And Kevin Hart just put the nail on the head and explained exactly what I've been trying to say off air. As you could tell, I've never explained this on air and it's just, I never knew how. I thought I'd rub people the wrong way or they look at me sideways or think I'm nuts for saying that our job is to make the next generation better. It was easier, it was harder for my father and my mother, but it's easier for me and it will be easier for the next generation. You always hear these kids, oh my iPad doesn't work and I can't. And it's like that issue for me wasn't an issue because I didn't grow up with an iPad or Zoom or all these issues that these kids get overwhelming anxiety over that they can't download a video. The stream is buffering, buffering, buffering. For me, that's like, you guys are weak. For my father, he looks at me, oh, you're having trouble (laughs) talking on a podcast or getting a guest or trying to take your audio career to the next level like for him he's like oh that's that's easy and so on and so forth that's how it goes with the generations but listen to kevin hart on the joe rogan experience explaining this a lot better thank you kevin i think that's what life should be about yeah if if, as as adults as adults we have a job to do whether you want to admit it or not your job is to set up the next generation that's our job whether you right. want to fucking admit it or not it, it's your kids it's your friends it's whomever you're supposed to live a certain way do certain things to set up for the next generation to come and to be able to do better if you don't then you're not doing your part and if the world never fucking grows you got to raise your hand and be responsible mm. Because you're a part of the lag. Yeah. You're part of the delay. If we look up in 15, 20 years and we're in the same spot, well, that means that our fucking groundbreakers that was doing all the shit during that 15, 20 years never shared the information so that these new people could come through and break new ground. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Nailed it. Thank you, Kevin Hart. I will download and subscribe to anything you got going now because you just drilled my point home. Thank you, brother. Thank you. It's what we should do. Our kids should have it easier for us. We should have it easier than our parents. Sorry, Dad. I got to do the Ictagon right now. And it's going to be like, 
go to your travel teams, go do your little third generation easiness kid, go, go run off. Cause that's how it's going to be. It's tougher for them, easier for them. I like my situation. I like where I land generationally, generationally. I think that's a word. So I think that uh, it's a big duty as us to not only do our job to help each generation, but to reach potential. Because if you don't try your hardest to reach your potential... How are you going to give advice to somebody that is trying to reach their potential? You're not because you've never been in those struggles and you've never been in those situations. So Kevin Hart didn't say it, but I'm going to piggyback onto his point. Yeah, you should give advice. Yeah, you should help each generation, make each generation better and smarter and wiser. And they should do more and outdo you. And you shouldn't be angry about that at all. But you should also strive for your potential, whatever that is, cop, lawyer, doctor, nurse, podcast host, hair designer, makeup artist, a masseuse, whatever you're good at, whatever you want to do, as long as it's healthy and it doesn't hurt anybody, pursue that dream, pursue that goal. Try to reach your potential. Cut out vices that could be stopping you from reaching your potential. Because you'll never fully be satisfied with your efforts if you know there is a vice. Whether that's drinking, smoking, eating, anger, anxiety, attention span, whatever that is, that is your vice that may be holding you back. Try to control it. Try to learn about it. Respect it. Grow from it. Be better for it. Use it as a tool and go for your potential. I don't think you could fully say that you reach your potential if you don't control a vice or a mental illness. I hate that. Or an uncontrolled tool. I'm going to start using more. An uncontrolled tool. Anxiety isn't necessarily a negative. It could be a positive. That extra energy could be devoted to showing up to practice earlier and jogging, stretching more, to maybe doing a side job, to maybe going on dates, to maybe exercising more. Whatever that extra energy is, that uncontrolled tool could be put in the right avenue. John Jones is a perfect example of not controlling his tools correctly. And it's sad because he's 32 years old and the world's been his oyster and everybody's bowed down in front of him. And he still has this extra energy and time to screw up. He has to put his efforts and his mind into the right focus and he could do even greater things. And I don't think his potential is even reached about being the best UFC fighter of all time. He could be the best public speaker. He could be the best coach. He could be the best law enforcement officer. He could probably do a lot more than he's given himself credit for. But the people around him, which is a big factor as well, haven't necessarily helped him better himself. And he keeps falling into the same traps. But that's 
for a different episode to pile on John Jones. I hope he recovers and comes back, but it doesn't seem like he's getting on the right road, even with the recent arrest in Albuquerque. But two people who are pushing for their potential, who are better in themselves, who are going to be amazing fathers. I have no doubt these guys are going to be amazing fathers. Mike Bisegla and Billy Jacalone at Mike Delivers Pod and at Billy Jock, G-I-A-C. I have no doubt they're going to better themselves from the last generation, their parents, and then they're going to help better the next generation, better than they did, and outdo themselves. Uh, just They're amazing guys, amazing friends, amazing former colleagues. So Here's Billy, here's Mike, and here's me talking about food. Ooh, doesn't like some food. No sports, surprisingly. And life. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Hello, Iktagon fans, MMA fans, combat sports fans. I'm sorry, guys, but I'm going to disappoint you again. I'm not going to talk some combat sports or MMA. Uh, I'm not talking the last dance, so it's not going to be basketball this time. We're talking about food. Everybody likes food, right? Unless you're not a human. And we are joined by one of the most foodie experts out there, the Mike Pod Delivers, or Mike Delivers Pod. I guess I've been talking to my Hebrew Israeli father too much. I'm reversing words, but <laughs> Mike Delivers Pod, Mike Biseglia, former co-worker, always my great friend. Mike, what's up, brother? It's uh, not much, Ike. It's good to see your face. You look healthy. You look well. I like your t-shirt, uh, rocking the Taz and the Moose shirt. Yeah, I remember <laughs> seeing you back in the day at CBS Sports Radio. I remember you would walk into the office wearing full suits, which was strange because people at, in radio usually are wearing terrible clothes. They look awful. They're all ugly. But you show up and you're like, rocking this suit. I was like, is this the VP of programming? No, he's the part-time board op for Jody Mack every other week. Yes. Who the hell is this guy? I'm the VP of getting everybody's coffee. <laughs> yeah, right. VP and you did coffee well. Runs. Thank you, brother. Thank you. That donned the name Tyzik instead of Isaac or Ike. It was oh, Tyzik. Really? I did not know that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I think it started from uh, your mind boss, uh, Mr. Eric Spitz, which uh, right. you have a lot of uh, relations with, uh, business mm-hmm. relations with. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, a lot of a uh, lot of meetings with Eric after shows, and uh, it was. I almost said it was like going to the dentist, seeing Eric Spitz. You never wanted to go in there every day, and you were always like, "Oh, I gotta go." But then every time you left the meeting, just like leaving the dentist, you're like, "I'm glad I did that." Exactly, man. It's uh, I reached out to Eric recently because I'm looking for full time work to support the Ike Dagon, and uh, I'm like, "Hey, Eric, it's your good pal Ike uh, yeah. Tyzik. I, I promise you, I've matured. My wife and I we're, we're <laughs> I progressing promise. through our life, so." I have uh, big priorities on the horizon. Eric, please give me a job. And he's like, I'll think about it. As, as <laughs> hey, stoic as sign. Eric could be. Thank you, brother. That's a good but sign. If they'll think about it. You, you've survived many hosts, man. You, you've survived many meals in your days. Uh, what's been the, the craziest thing since you've taken on this endeavor of the Mike Delivers pod? Like something that you've consumed that you're like, wow, that was a bad idea. Um, so as far as you mean, as far as just like something I ate or just yeah, a delivery on the road, see something that went bad, something that you just had to put on your host cap and literally gotcha. chop down. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, you know, I, I'll just say this real quick. So I started this podcast and it's about my Uber eats deliveries. And then it's sort of morphed into uh, doing food reviews and trying different foods that my wife and I are sort of into. 
Um, I would have to say the worst thing that I tried that it was just completely disgusting. I hated the Burger King Whopper. I thought it was atrocious. I, um, I despise mayonnaise. I think it's the worst <laughs> condiment in the world. And basically, it was just a dry piece of meat that was lathered in mayonnaise and taking a bath in it. And I thought it was completely disgusting. And we tried the Impossible Whopper at the same time, which is not real meat. And I thought the and I'm not like a vegetarian or vegan. I'll just eat whatever things good. I thought the Beyond Burger was far superior than the actual Whopper from Burger King. I was highly disappointed in the Whopper. I thought it was disgusting. I wouldn't recommend anybody eating it unless Burger King was to sponsor me. I would have a completely different take on the thing, but they don't. So I'll say the Whopper, not good. Impossible Whopper was okay. Now, where does this passion come from? Like, dude, just to hear you intricately break down the Impossible Whopper, which I didn't even know exists. I know the Whopper uh, yeah. and Whopper Jr. But where does this passion come from? Obviously, we all love to consume food, good or bad, but like the the passion to break it down and deliver it into a podcast form. Where does that come from? You know, it's funny because like I, I always wanted to do a podcast. I always wanted to do one, but I just didn't know what my voice would be. And I was like basketball, but I was like, nobody really gives two shits about hearing what I have to say about basketball or sports. But what I found was I did food deliveries and I got like really passionate about it and really into it. And I found that I, I love talking about the deliveries on the road and I love talking about food. And I, you, you don't know where your passion's going to come from, but all of a sudden I was like, man, I'm really into this. I'm into breaking this down. I'm into talking about the different food places I've been to. I'm like, this is really fascinating. So I just started gravitating towards it. And I, and you just can't help what your opinions are on. People will talk sports with me and I really, my opinions sometimes suck. I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. You're right. Like, I, I agree with you. But you talk about food and you talk about mayonnaise, I could give you an hour on why I think it's BS. See, that's a, another modest take and uh, self-deprecating take, man. That's that's what you are, and that's what I believe this podcast is. It's a full expression of yourself, just mm. the production alone. I just listened to the entire Dean Blandino episode, obviously, because everybody's listening to that thing. I'm sure that's gotten <laughs> the most hits on your uh, yeah. your podcast websites. But in your opinion, is this the full expression of yourself, the modesty, the self-deprecating, the goofiness, the the quirkiness with the production? I love it, man. Uh, yes, I, uh, that's spot on. I think you've, you've figured me out. That is me. I like to be modest, but secretly have a, secretly I'm very competitive and have a, I don't want to say it's an ego, but secretly I, I want the best out of me. And I think that I, in this case, Mike Delivers is bringing that to the full circle. My food passions, my ability to be a producer and edit audio and, and put content together. Uh, it really is something I'm super passionate about. Still love sports and I always will love sports, but there's something about when, and you know this from, from what your time doing things, when you're putting something that's your body of work out there, you know, you feel like, like I got to make sure that my take on this burger is the right one. And I have to make sure it's, it's said properly. And, you know, with, with the Dean Blandino episode, I, I'm not like in the business of trying to make news on my podcast. That really wasn't. Oh, come plan. on. We know you reached out to third party sites. <laughs> and I'll actually tell you, uh, and I, you, I said this on the podcast, but how I actually met and interacted with Dean Blandino to me oh. is like the weird part Instagram, of this. Instagram, like, right? So on my wife and I tried a, um, a dessert from Rita's Italian Ice, which is a spot around us. And it's a, it's a chain. It's not a huge chain, but they're, they're in spots here and there. I think they're based out of Pennsylvania. And one of them was the um, Cherry uh, Blandini. And I just did this Instagram video and I called it the Cherry Dean Blandino. And I tagged him. <laughs> so he saw it, liked it, then followed me. 
And I was like, you know what? He liked it. He probably has a good sense of humor. Let me write him a message. So I DM'd Dean Blandino on Instagram after calling him a che- this Cherry Blandini. He got back to me. We got in touch. We set up a time to have an interview. Then we're going through the interview and he reveals this story. I didn't ask him any. I'm not a hard hitting reporter. I asked him, what was it like eating on Thanksgiving when you're working for Fox? I thought that was interesting because they're in these studios. It's Thanksgiving, so they want to have a meal or whatever. And he told this story about how the uh, replay system went down because they took a um, power cord. They took a microwave and plugged it into this power cord, which happened to be the same power cord that holds the whole instant replay center together. So he plugs it in, it blows out the replay system. It's down for two minutes. Nobody knows because nobody goes for replay, luckily for them. But if somebody did and they're like, we need to go to the booth for a replay, they'd be like, sorry, somebody was cooking their stuffing. (laughs) So that was kind of breaking news, which was cool. I saw that man. It was amazing, and the, the truth prevails. I was gonna. I wasn't gonna really. I was, maybe I would have asked, like, dude, come on. We know you used your CBS booking connections or skills to book Dean Blandino, and this was no. the uh, the service stories. But it turns out that was the truth, man. Yeah, and, no, uh, I, I totally booked him through a DM. It wasn't my intention. It was just that he liked it, and then I was. I want to have somebody on the podcast that's going to be into it. I don't want to have somebody on that's not like into food and just it. He he's into food and he told me on the podcast he wants to do his own uh, cooking show a tv show so this is something that's one of his side passions so i think that's why he felt comfortable to tell me that story and why he felt comfortable to, to come on the podcast but no this wasn't me going through fox pr i want to invite <laughs> dean blandino on to talk about if he likes to reheat his pizza no it, was, it wasn't <laughs> get, the case get mike per and dean blandino yeah, do like right. an italian episode exactly oh man exactly but uh, yeah, uh, there you go. Basically, uh, have the uh, three amigos, but the Italian version, I guess, the That's three right. paisans. Um, <laughs> but the, you are modest. I, I want to know, man, how long will the modesty last? This podcast is obviously growing and blowing up. Will you tell the truth that when you're not in a RAV4 anymore and you're in a BMW X5, like, are you still going to tell us that you're in a BMW? <laughs> never happening. Never happening. And I, I, I'm not a car guy. I actually. I would never want a BMW. It gives me anxiety thinking about driving it. I mean, I tell the story about, um, I, so my whole gimmick is I would talk about how I do all my deliveries in my wife's 2007 Toyota RAV4, but I crashed it and killed it. So there's no shot in hell I would ever be in a BMW. Yes. So, which wasn't, a on a del- which wasn't on a delivery. So I, I actually tell this story on my Patreon page. I'll give a plug to my Patreon page, which is bonus content. We have to pay a couple bucks. So I give the story about how I crashed my wife's 2007 Toyota RAV4. It wasn't on a delivery, but I was picking up pizza for my wife and bringing it back to our house on a Saturday night and spaced out, sideswiped a car. And uh, you can hear the full story on Patreon. I'll give you a little tease. The funniest part of the whole story to me was I was picking up pizza, calamari, and a Caesar salad. And there was marinara sauce in the car. So when I crashed, the sauce and the cheese went flying everywhere. So I've got marinara sauce all over my body, like all over my body. So I come out of the car. I'm very lucky, you know, very fortunate. And sauce is all over me. And I hear this woman go, he's bleeding everywhere. He's <laughs> bleeding everywhere. I'm like, no, I'm sorry. This is just marinara sauce. This is not, I'm, I'm like a little rattled. Don't Sir, get me wrong. don't move. They're like, he's bleeding. And I look down, I'm like, oh, fuck, this is marinara sauce. I'm not bleeding. I just have, I just have, was trying to get some dinner for my food for my wife and that was uh that was an awful night 
your life's starting to really revolve around food, man. I know everybody consumes at least two to three, maybe four meals a day, but uh, could you see yourself being maybe simulcasted or picked up and just doing a full-time food show? Like, is that, is that a dream of yours or is this just like a side passion? No, this is, this is a passion passion. And I mean, Oh, wow. I mean, I, I, I don't know wherever it goes, it will go. I definitely want to give my all and give everything I have with it. And if it takes off, it's great. If not, it's still fun making a couple bucks on the side. I enjoy it. People seem to enjoy it, which is really cool. Um, and we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, it doesn't feel like work when I do it, when I put it together. I enjoy all the stories from the road. I enjoy all the people I've been able to talk to about food and all the food reviews. Uh, I look forward to when my wife and I record. Everybody's stuck in their home right now. I'm in New Jersey on Saturday nights. We do a podcast together where we last week we took out from Wawa. We got the meatball sub. We did an hour on the meatball sub. Wawa's underrated, man. I and, thought it was uh, like Sunoco. It is not like Sunoco. It, the meatball sub was good. The sauce a little much, but I thought that the meatball wasn't bad. Bread was nice and squishy. We actually do it. We did five sandwiches for May, kind of May madness of sandwiches. Came in second place out of the five sandwiches. So I, I thought it was really good. Cool, cool. My uh, Again, we're being joined by Mike Biseglia. Mike delivers pod on Twitter, Instagram as well, of course, same yeah, handle. Yeah, uh, Mike delivers pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, somebody told me it's best to do all the same names because then it's easier for people to find it. So I said, oh, that's a good idea. I'll do that after doing it differently for eight years. Thank you for the <laughs> Mike advice. Mike delivers pod 99. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh man, 98 is good, but 99, this guy sucks. <laughs> so yeah, I've been, I, it's Mike delivers pod and everything. Amazing, man. And I'm sorry if I, I missed it somewhere along the line. Uh, do you ever plan or would you want to have like a Guy Fiera, uh, Gordon Ramsay, or like an Emilio, like come on to the podcast? I'm sorry if I missed it in one of them. No, like, yeah, no, I'd like to have Martha one Stewart. of those guys come out. There's one guy I'm going to reach out for, which I think would be able to do it. Adam Richman, if you remember him. Sure. He was the uh, man versus food guy on the yes! travel show. Yes, Adam. So I never I, knew his I, last name. I've booked him for Gio and Jones and I had him on the Zach Gelb show helping out. He's a really good guy, like a great down to earth dude. Uh, I would like to ask him on. Um, he's, he's part of my future plans for one of those guys, but as far as Guy Fieri, uh, some of the other ones you mentioned, I have not thought of that, but just Adam Richmond's on my radar for sure. Nothing against Dean Blandino, but you get Adam, Guy, or Gordon, or Martha Stewart somehow. Maybe you tell her some tips about sports gambling or something. Uh, <laughs> dude, I think this goes to the next level. The, yeah, man. The Mike delivers pop. Help me book, dude. <laughs> Need wow, a producer. Much I'm looking for it. <laughs> but uh, I have a little surprise for you. This is a little, little late, so I've been, like, booking while we're talking. A, nice. uh, a colleague, a former colleague of ours. Can I guess before they come on? Uh, can you see it already? I cannot. Okay, okay. A former colleague of ours. So he worked at he or she worked at CBS Sports Radio. Yeah. Oh, I see it now. <laughs> I know this guy. What's up, Billy? How you doing, bud? What's up, guys? I think he's in a RAV4 right now. I think Billy's delivering. Imagine he's like cutting your business. This was the whole plan. I interview you while he starts to do a podcast. <laughs> oh, that'd be brilliant by you. I appreciate that. Yeah, Billy Jacqueline, one of the all-time greats, one of my favorite at CBS Sports Radio. And Billy and I have a long history together of when I worked the morning show. After I was done with a lot of the production and everything I would do, Billy and I would take a walk and we would get some pop chips. We'd get a Diet Coke. Uh, we go to Starbucks, we go to Dunkin' Donuts, and Billy and I had a great time walking around and talking, and it feels like a million years ago since the last time I saw Billy. It was probably four or five months. How are you, Billy? This, uh, our walks were a great part of the 
day. Yeah. Billy, There's- did you know, like, I, I, obviously everybody's seen The Last Dance and all of Jordan's brothers and his coaches knew that there was something different about Michael Jordan. Did you know when you were going on these little coffee or pop or little snack walks, was Mike reviewing the snacks or the coffee along the walk? And you're like, hey, maybe this, this guy's got something going here. Other than, other than the fact that he would say, oh, this flavor is good. <laughs> I really need to know that's really that's really all it was. No, honestly, truthfully, the walks and the pop chips and the soda and Essen and all that stuff. Mm, Essen, yeah. It was good bonding time for me and Mike. It was really it was a lot of fun. And uh, guys, the, obviously, the mutual connection between you is Nets, uh, Billy. I promised Mike no sports talk, no Nets talk. But I want to ask you, Billy, what's the worst food you've had lately? I'm more compelled by like worst like horror stories than like a, a, a cheery, upbeat, delicious meal. What, what's the worst Thanks, meal I, you've had? I appreciate that. Worst food I've had recently? Besides well, Essen. The- <laughs> okay. hey, look, here's, here's the problem. As I've gotten older, because like right now I'm still living uh, at home. So I got, you know, because I have, I have some financial things I have to work out to get an apartment or whatever. So basically... When, <laughs> when there's dinner, if I don't want to eat it, if I don't like it, I don't eat it. So I go out and get my own food. <laughs> what, what's up when you don't like the dinner? Like, well, now I'm picturing like a 10 year old Billy, like pouting, slapping the table, pushing his plate to the center of the table. When you, uh, when you pout and you scream and you cry, instead of running to your room and you run out to your car, what, what are you getting along the way? <laughs> okay. All right. How about this? How about this? I haven't had a worst food in a while, like a, like a bad food in a while, but I will tell you the one food that I absolutely hate, and that is uh, pasta fagioli. Hate it. Why? Hate it. Just every, like, I just feel like it's beans in a tomato sauce, and I just don't, I don't, like, the, I just don't, I just mm. don't like it. I just don't like it. I just can't like. There's nothing. There's nothing. I like. I can't. There, there's really not much else I can say. I just don't. That's I don't very like, specific, though. It's like I, I expected like something like green beans or like something with broccoli or spinach. But no, dude. It's dude. Honestly, I can't. Ever since I was a little kid, when I was a kid, I would be forced to eat it. So I had to eat it. But mm. now, if my mom makes it or something, I don't have to eat it. Well, that's the advantage of being an adult. Yeah, you can say no. <laughs> yeah. I think he. I think but, he just. <laughs> uh, you're really passionate about this, Billy. You need to. What do you like? What do I love? Tacos. Mm. Tacos. Well, love it's Tuesday. Tacos. It is Tuesday. It's a perfect day for it. Perfect day for tacos, dude. You know. You know what I've been getting to? Like, not often. But for recording, I'll, Billy, by the way, before you go fine. on all your diatribes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's totally fine because tacos, you know, you got, you got, you got the cheese, you got the lettuce, the tomatoes, sour cream. Oh, there's nothing like it. Can you, uh, can you uh, elaborate, Mike or Billy, about the, the diets of our, uh, our former, all of our workplace at uh, Lower Manhattan? With the CBS Sports Radio, it was pretty, uh, pretty bad there. Everybody yeah. with the takeout and the Chinese and the 
Oh man, yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've I saw like uh, hard rice that had survived the night before that was in some special of a Chinese restaurant, and nobody decided to clean up their act. And you see like little pieces of little grains of rice that have survived the next day that are on there. Uh, yeah, it wasn't good. I would say, um, you know, the the other thing about being in there is everybody's got weird hours, so it's not conducive to like a normal lifestyle. People are coming in and out at all different times. So you got some people that are working early shift in the morning, like Billy's done. Like you did overnights where you were in there from God knows how many hours. So your diet must have been completely all upside down. So it's easy for somebody to go in there with bad habits and get them even worse because you're not typically, at least from the production side and the on-air side and the producer side, you're not in there working a nine-to-five job. You're in there working a set of eight hours that are all off. And I think that played a big part in people not really eating well. And then the fact that we're all schlubs uh, doesn't help either. Well, no, I was was just going to say like, for me personally, because I got to be in at three in the morning. I don't think so, I've ever seen you eat, Billy. Well, look, here's the thing. So I've been trying to eat better. So <laughs> I've uh, I've ordered food at three thirty in the morning. I have I've done it. Now it it's typically not really I, good for your body. I do do <laughs> listen. It's not something that I like to do often, but you know if I get a couple hours of sleep before I wake up o'clock in the morning you know i'll wake up and i'll be like wow there's a couple of things i need right now i need a coffee and i need food so i gotta you gotta do what you gotta do i remember billy sometimes on our walks this would typically be between 9 and 10 a.m eastern standard time we'd go outside and go for a walk and you'd sometimes get like a bacon egg and cheese sandwich and you were really hungry and you would tell me hey mike i haven't i don't think i've eaten in the last 18 hours like billy <laughs> Let's get some food, man. And you would just devour those sandwiches. And it was a lot of respect on your and being able to get that food and consume it so fast. And uh, that was, um, I know, and that was a good part of the morning too, because it was like, we've gotten to the end. We're at the nine, 10 o'clock. We can see the 11 a.m. on our horizon time to get out of the, out of there and go home and take our little naps or whatever. But I know you would, uh, the excitement level on your end, and I would see you eat that. And I know that was one of your, one of your favorites, of course, was those sandwiches. One of, especially from Essen. I like the Essen sandwiches. Mm, okay. The, Love it. The Essen sandwiches and the Essen coffee. Those two, those two things were, that's, that's my meal right there. A bacon, egg and cheese and a coffee. You got to always, you got to remember too, when you're eating, as if you're me, you got to have a coffee. I don't care what it is. Like I've gotten chicken cutlet sandwiches with coffee. That's coffee's my drink, man. Like I got to have it. Does that keep you up at night? Uh, He's like, I haven't slept in 14 days. This is with all the caffeine. Do you do decaf? No, I don't do decaf. I don't mm. do decaf. No, I will stop drinking coffee like later in the day. See, there you go. You got some coffee. <laughs> like 8 p.m. Billy's yeah. like, I'm cutting it off at 8 I'm cutting it off. Nothing better, Billy. Oh, the, the second to last thing I want to ask you guys, well, more specifically, Mike, uh, this is the uh, the chain of anxiety, I think, with these uh, the, the three guys right now with Mike, Ike, and Billy. I, and I, I don't think anything's wrong with anxiousness. I think we're just excited. We're ready to do. I, I don't know if you ever knew this, Mike, but I hide my anxiety uh, very, very well with, with tax, tasks and things mm-hmm. to do. But Mike, you are a seasoned vet. You're a little older than both me and Billy. 
what advice would you give us maybe to control it? Cause you're very open about your anxiety. I wouldn't say it's an issue. I would just say it's maybe a skill that once you hone it, it could, you could do more exceptional things. What, what would advice would you give to me and Billy or others that I wouldn't say suffer from it, but maybe have uncontrolled anxiety? Yeah, no, for, for me, um, I need to feel organized. The second I feel unorganized, everything starts to spiral for me. So to get set for the next day, to make sure I have everything organized and everything planned, especially right now, like there's a ton of shit I want to get done. The night before I make a list for myself and I put on that list things I need to do that day, whatever that might be. Simple tasks, even if it's going for a jog, showering, like I'll put on there showering, which is a crazy thought, but maybe even now when people are stuck in their homes, you might forget to do that. But I like to keep a list of everything. So that way when I'm accomplishing something and I'm doing something, I cross it off the list. This I was pre-quarantine you were doing this as well? Pre-quarantine, but I think I've gotten even more strict with it now and gotten better at it because even though I'm stuck in the house, I actually have a lot more that I'm able to do, which is amazing because just by work standpoint, I'm, I have more flexibility. So I've actually gotten a lot more work done and I've been a little more awesome. efficient with everything. But I like to make a list. I think that's really key. And then also just in the moment of something and just understanding that this will pass, good or bad, it will pass. Like if you think back to something from three weeks ago, I'm sure all of us at one point in the last month were feeling anxiety about something, but I said three weeks ago today, well, what was it? And unless it was something really horrific, I can't remember. I don't know. So even if I'm in a moment of this will pass, it's going to, it's going to be next week at this time and you won't even remember what it was. So don't zoo out in the moment, take care of what you need to do and do it. And uh, I'd like to use that method a lot on Sundays. I used to get really bad Sunday night anxiety, more like mm. they say Sunday morning anxiety, but just understanding the moment will pass. You'll be back here at the same time. And in the long run, it will be okay. Believe in yourself and just take a deep breath and it will all go forward. So organization and understanding that this is just a blip in our lives. It will all be good. As we hear the demonic echoes come from Billy's car phone. We will really all be screwed, screwed, screwed. <laughs> So Billy, a, uh, have you uh, incorporated routines like with Mike? Uh, uh, he, he, I agree with that man. Writing or bullet pointing things down to do to try to keep a routine, man, because it's like it's like unorganized. We, I guess, especially in the times we're in, you could really, really lose your mind. But how how have you dealt with yours? Well, the problem the problem with me is may not be a problem. Don't say problem unless it's a problem. Okay, how about how about the issue maybe you want to say issue <laughs> <the> same thing. <laughs> all right all right how about this how about this how about this i i got it I be got positive it. billy try to be positive okay how about this the way i'm wired how about Perfect. that i like it i like it Much the better. way i'm wired is i live in the past too much hmm. you see what i'm saying so yeah. like i start thinking about things from the past and thinking about different eras and i know this is the right way to live but and especially in the times that we're living in, I, you mentioned it right now, that it's hard to find ways to motivate yourself, especially like if you're, cause you know, I have, but plus two, like I have all these plans about my future, you know, where I want to live and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, so I think honestly, getting it, not having basketball is, is tough, but um, I have, I have a couple of hobbies. Like I like collecting things, you know, both of you know, actually, I like playing guitar. 
So I'm not I'm not great at it, but I could I could play some stuff. So that helps take my mind off of just the constant swirl of thoughts that come into my head. Have you been exercising? I know Mike is a frequent like, physical. I would say freak. I mean, I think he's like pretty like normal size, but <laughs> I'm kidding. But Mike is, uh, he's always exercising. I'm trying my best to stay active. Have you been incorporating more exercise? Cause I've heard that over a lot of Joe Rogan podcasts that with the anxiety or extra energy, like it's good to exert it in a positive way, which would be physical exertion. Well, here's the problem with that. I have a lot of vices. No, I know. <laughs> now I know. <laughs> We're rolling, by the way. <laughs> no, listen, man. Listen, I think the best way is to just be honest. You know what I mean? Like, I have, like, I like to drink beer. I like to smoke cigarettes. And I know I got to stop doing that. Uh, there's also other things that I like to do. <laughs> oh, so, Brian Jones. As long as you're not part of Brian Jones, I think you're, I think you're okay. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think, I think I'm all right. But, um, so I have, I have devices which kind of, Help a little, which I and and don't the thing is I know I have to stop doing those things, uh at least the cigarettes I gotta stop doing that. Wasn't it but, weird when you guys heard that essential businesses was like weed and uh, alcohol stores? Was that weird weird to you or was it understandable? Like New York, uh, can, can... not not surprised by that considering how much people are reliant on it. And just to to piggyback on something what Billy said, I know for me like my vices too would be drinking and it's amazing from my end if i get spiraled where i'll have a couple drinks each night the next morning the anxiety and that feeling and that stress is a hundred times worse but the second you don't do it and you don't do it the night before when you wake up the energy level the next day but the tricky part is it you know it spirals it's like you feel that good it turns to bad. I need good again, good to bad. But if mm. you can, and I've really tried out really hard to stay off that, it will, it will decrease it a ton. I can only at least speak for me personally on that. And then uh, another one to add on to what was Billy was saying about like activities. I did a lot of Uber eats early on because it helped with stuff like that. Like Sundays gotcha. in particular, gotcha. if you go on a Sunday Uber eats run for five, six hours, your mind, forgets about everything you stop thinking about your problems i'm not saying you don't you know you don't nothing floats in your head but you i mean i I mean this and i'm not trying to minimize it you get so focused on trying to figure out where that subway is to pick up that salami sandwich and where to park and then when you go in this is old times you know when it's different you can normal restaurant where to get the food get the food go to somebody's house look at the gps you get so focused for me on those tasks that then all those issues and those anxiety thoughts, you don't have time to think about them. And it weirdly relaxed me. And then your biggest stressor is it's three, seven, 10, 15, number 12. I don't see this guy's apartment. Where is it? And then you get stressed out about that. But in the moment you're like, it doesn't, you kind of forget about all the BS in your head, which was kind of cool. That makes sense. And you're making money. And you're making, and then you, and then you're done. And all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, I just made $122 today. How the hell that happened? This is cool. Yeah, exactly. And you're making money. So That's maybe really the good. common denominator is trying to exhaust those thoughts, mm-hmm. uh, the anxious thoughts and just finding the right avenue. I would, I would agree. I would agree because I think in a lot of ways, it's a gift in a sense because you have so much energy and you're so, yeah. so pumped to do things and your brain's always moving. It's just using it for good and not bad and trying to find that balance and doing that. 
and not letting your mind zoo out on the negativity, but more on the positivity and uh, don't get too hard on yourself, which I don't do, <laughs> which I can sometimes screw up. What are your thoughts, Billy? Well, for me, for me personally, the one thing I realized in terms of anxiety is that I, I have anxiety. I have issues that I have to deal with. But one of the things that helps me is knowing that everybody in the world mm. is dealing with something. You know? That's true. So, like, I have my insecurities. I have my vices. I have my, I have my issues that I deal with every day. Um, I hide it. I try to do other things. But, like I said, the thing that helps me is people have issues that they're dealing with. And right. so you never, you never know. So, and, and obviously, you know, you walk around, you walk around New York city, you see all these different types of people and you never really know what they're, they're going through. So one, it's important for me to be nice. And two, it's important to understand that you're just like everybody else. Wow. Beautifully said, Billy. Again, Mike Bisegla at Mike Delivers Pod, Billy Jock alone at Billy Jock, G-I-A-C. Want to end on this note, a foodie note. Guys, what are you looking forward to when we get back to normalcy? What type of cuisine or entree or dessert? What are you looking forward to when we, uh, we get back to normalcy? And we will. We will. I promise will. you. As long as we stay positive, there will be a window in the summer, probably before the flu season comes back in November, October. What are you guys looking forward to? Uh, I am looking forward to going to Asbury Park in New Jersey and going to Tallulah's and getting the beekeeper, uh, honey beekeeper pizza, which is hot honey, jalapenos, and pepperoni. I'm looking forward to getting that pizza. That is number one on my list of things I'd love to do. Eat that, walk on the beach, feel the sun, and space out. Doesn't sound too crazy though. What's the difference? Is it the sauce or the cheese? Like what makes it? It's that, just that it's just my happy. It's, it's 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 a combination of things. It's it's the pizza is delicious. The dough is fantastic. The cheese is great. Oh. It's a good pizza. And I'm not gonna go out here and act like I know pizzas better than other people. And then they're gonna come on and go, my place is the best. Oh, my place is the Dave best. Dave Portnoy is gonna come on here and start screaming. It's just it's a happy place for me. You can walk the pier, walk the beach, pizza in your mouth, sun in your face. Like to me, that that sounds like. Uh, just a really nice sensation right now. <laughs> and for you, Billy? Yeah. All right. So I'm not really, I, you both know I'm not a big eater. You know, I eat because. You weigh a hundred, like 18 pounds, man. You need to start eating. More. <laughs> I know. You know dude, you're totally right about that. But what I'm really looking forward to, to getting back to when we get back to normal is just living life and enjoying it again. Mm. You know, because there's, because I, I really feel like, I mean, again, like it, it kind of piggyback on, on what I just said before my life, as well as a lot of people's, everybody's life is on pause. So like, I have a lot of things I'm looking forward to in my life. So once we hit that on pause button, we should be, we should, it should be all downhill from there. And the question and all the lady listeners of the Ithagon, will Billy Jack alone be available summer 2020? Not only will I be available, but there's a little, there's a little, there's a little, there's something that I'm working on right now. Not, I hope she's not, not in your trunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Dude, that's terrible. That's terrible. I'm kidding, man. <laughs> no, it has that would to be do, bad. It has to do with my physical appearance that I'm getting something mm. taken care of. Gotcha. I gotcha. So, I feel you. ED, man, it's a killer. 
<laughs> You're terrible, bro. You're terrible. Oh, terrible God, you, I haven't been like this, man, in months. You bring it out of me, Billy, or the, the, the CBS Sports Radio guys bring it out of me. Well, dude, we have – the one thing I will say about, uh, about, about us is CBS Sports Radio and all the guys who came through there, we have a good camaraderie. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll never hug each other. We'll spit each other's feet. We'll, we'll be negative to each other. But I guess there's like a positive camaraderie, brother and brethren right. in there somehow. Totally. Oh, is Axe still alive? <laughs> <laughs> doing his updates. I hear him. He's doing his updates. Oh, man. Anything else, guys, uh, before I wrap this puppy up? Ah, just thanks for having me on, Ike. I appreciate uh, sharing some food. It was a nice surprise to hear Billy's voice. I'm always on board with a surprise Billy Jacqueline visit, so uh, I appreciate that. Thank that, you. That's how I've enticed some other guests. I goes, guys, Billy will come on. They're like, oh, Billy's coming on. This changes. Yeah. Uh, I'll make my availability. I get, <laughs> I get it. I know you're about the download game. I understand. <laughs> well, Billy, do you think Mike will remember us when the Mike delivers pods on SiriusXM or just blowing up and we can't even get a hold of him? Do you think he's going to remember us? Honestly, I do think he will, yes. Wow. Well, I, I appreciate think you thinking that my Mike delivers pod will do that, so thank you. You're talented, Mike, with the production, obviously with the hosting and the reviewing, which is your bread and butter. <laughs> No oh, I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna say toast and jam, Ike. <laughs> I caught you there, but boys, thank you for the time. I really appreciate this. This made my day so much better, and hopefully, the listeners and subscribers, the the millions of them, uh, enjoy this uh, interview or reflection as well. Thank let's, you for uh, having me on, Ike. Let's all get together soon. How about that? I mean, we say it on the air, but let's see how it comes. <laughs> All right, boys. Talk to you guys later. See you later. Now, wasn't that healthy? Don't you feel much better about your day, about your situation, about your life? I'm telling you, we have a lot of uncontrolled tools that we are controlling. Mike is a little older than me. I think I'm a year older than Billy, maybe a few months. But we're both learning how to control our uncontrolled tools. And Mike is somebody who's reached a higher level of success, who's doing extremely well, who's very smart, very educated, but humble, modest, able to self-deprecate about anything going on in his life, and very open and very vulnerable. And that takes a strong man. Don't be fooled by the casual, the laid-back, the goofy tone. Mike is a very intricate, wise, hard-working as he, as he told you himself, and very smart person. Billy and I have all the same tools. We're just trying to grow and better ourselves. And We could be like Mike. But I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. More MMA talk coming in the future. More casual conversations coming in the future this week. We'll do some movie stuff, which will be interesting. Oscars or best movies. Somebody who's been in movies and somebody who really likes movies, not only for myself. Uh, and of course, your MMA take. The UFC returns this weekend in Las Vegas. The UFC Apex, which is being fought in a 25-foot cage, which I'll get into with the MMA episode. But yeah, that's the Octagon. Guys, thank you for hopping in. Later.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.